we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring so you guys around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with my co-host, Armin, here to talk things Orange County. We have our RHOC recap, and it was kind of a, a heavy episode this week. It was. It was pretty dense, a lot of drama, and drama coming from unexpected places. I feel mm-hmm. like just two or three podcasts ago, we were theorizing about whether or not Bronwyn would get into any drama this season. Yeah, we're like, because, she's such a nice girl. Yeah, like, we thought, she's so likable. She may get into the mix a little bit, but she couldn't have any drama. And then here we are, what, two or three episodes later. Three episodes, yeah, four, no, I think it's like four or five. It's episode five, but I feel like we talked about that after episode two or three. Two or three, yeah. And wow, that got ugly quick. And I'm sure we'll get into it. Well, let's let's start where the last episode there? ended. Yeah, I mean, well, that's where the last episode ended, which is um, the dinner table. Beverly Hills, the ladies of OC are visiting Los Angeles because Gina's never been and they want to give her her tourist moment. And it's after the fight where Kelly is mad at everyone for the train rumor. And, you know, <laughs> Gina's like trying to give her advice and she lashes out on Gina and calls her a disaster. You know, Uh and Shannon's like, okay, y'all, I have one more surprise for you. And she gets out these poker hats, which I love, which are such a thing right now, by the way, for anyone. Are they in? So in. Me and Ryan got, okay, me and Ryan Alkire had matching poker hats. I think I saw this. On, when I went to Marketies with him, we had the same exact hat and we got it separately. We didn't even know the other one had it. Really? Ryan got it from like people who were at his restaurant that were like, gave it to him as a gift. I bought mine off Amazon because I'm obviously know all the trends before they like happen. I saw it on IG stories. Yes. Um, which I love. So yeah, she has those poker hats, which are very in right now. She gave them such touristy Hawaiian shirts, which were really funny underwater cameras. And she tells them that they're going on those stupid city sightseeing double decker buses that are always in your way when you're trying to get down anywhere in Los Angeles. I'm probably behind that freaking double decker bus. All the time. Like, whenever I would come from Beverly Hills, where I worked, to Encino, here, I'd always get stuck behind that stupid bus at least once a day. Like, it's like, dude, I get it. You're you were, you were actually stuck at one point behind Shannon Bedore. I, I, honestly, it, w- it would have been. I should have looked. Except I was like, ah, ah, move. How I disappointed could've... are you? You're a hero. You're the Bador whore. You're the number one Bador stand out And there. this is totally something I would do, where I would give everyone costumes and be like, we're doing something cheesy. Right. I mean, that's so right up my you alley. You do love a themed party. I love a good theme. <laughs> it's bad. But it's on this double-decker bus that the drama really begins, because the girls go down to take a shot um, at some place I've literally never heard of, Pig and Whistle, and maybe it was cool in like the 80s, and that's why they know it. <laughs> I don't know. I just go to the standard. Uh, <laughs> you only love your hot spots. I only like the hot spots. Um, but Tamara confronts Bronwyn because Bronwyn has been hanging out with Gretchen and Lizzie, as in Gretchen, Rossi, and I forget Lizzie's. Rossi? Yeah. Former OC housewives. 
And she's like, why are you hanging out with them? And she's like, oh, you know, like I just was kind of thing. And Tamara's like, well, you know what they did to me and Eddie. Do you understand like how they tried to destroy my marriage and my husband? Like if you're friends with them, I can't be friends with you. And she's like, well, they reached out to me and, you know, I just, you know, I wanted to. Well, she said a mutual friend did, right? Her mutual friend, Sam. She said her mutual friend, Sam, talked to them and then they reached out. That mutual friend set them up. Exactly. And Tamara's (laughs) like, that's not what I heard. And literally, Shannon's like, no, that's not what I have either. Like, I have the text messages. Um, And Brahman's just saying, like, no, they reached out to me. I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, you know, I'm not trying to start any drama. Like, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't the situation. Emily confirms the story that she reached out to them, which is like throwing your friend under the bus. And the texts do prove it. We get to see the texts. um, Which I will read. So the first one was to Gretchen. Hi, hope you don't mind me reaching out. If you're free, give me a call or meet up for coffee. LMK. (laughs) The one to Lizzie. Hi there. We have a mutual friend in common. Sam teaches at my kid's school and says you're super sweet. So... Bronwyn is called a liar by all the women in this thing, in this double-decker bus. And Bronwyn's like, well, I, I did lie, but I didn't do it on purpose. And Tamara's like, well, did you lie on accident? Yeah. Um, and Bronwyn breaks down. Bronwyn has to, like, leave the group and because all the ladies are attacking Yeah, she's full-on bawling at this point. At the front of the double-decker bus, I actually by feel for her. So do I. Like, I know she factually did lie, but I understand where she was coming from exactly exactly as she explains she felt like if she lied in that moment she can like get herself out of that corner right and sometimes when your back is against the wall you could do some stupid shit a hundred percent and that's and that's what she explains is she's like i didn't realize that there was such beef with these two when i reached out so when she finally figured that out that it was like drama she wasn't gonna be like oh yeah i reached out to these ladies she's gonna be like oh no they reached out to me hoping that it all gets swept under the rug and if she told the truth, ironically enough, she probably would have gotten out of that situation a lot cleaner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They she- wouldn't have been super happy that she reached out, but if she just explained what happened and yeah. said, hey, I, we had a mutual friend, I wanted to reach out, whatever, then what are they going to say about it? She has a right to have friends. Yeah. And I mean, she could have been but like- But then they focused on the lie. Yeah. They- it's always the cover-up. It's not the crime. It's the fucking cover-up. That's always what gets you. That's why if you have a body, get rid of it completely. You don't need to cover it up. Just <laughs> get that oil from Breaking Bad, that citrus stuff or whatever they dump them in. Oh my God, this got so morbid. Eddie, we're not condoning violence on this podcast. How to get it with We're murder. just condoning t- truth telling. True, true crime. <laughs> this is a true crime podcast now. Are we rebranding? Uh, Are we a, getting into the true a, crime space? Yeah, this is a rebrand. Uh, and Shannon got so pissed. Like, yeah. she turned on Bronwyn on a dime. And that's, I think, Tamara, Tamara does forgive her. And Tamara's like, it goes and hugs her and stuff. Because, you know, Tamara's a good Christian. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Shannon is pissed. Oh, you lied. But, you told that, a lie. But that is Shannon's thing. And that's always been Shannon's thing. Is right. that if you lie to Shannon, it's done. And I think that has a lot to do with her relationships. Right. And what she's dealt with in the past. And I get it. I, I guess mean, I just sympathized in that moment. I felt bad for Bronwyn. No, I feel I bad for her I don't think it was too. malicious. I don't think it was malicious. I feel like Shannon and Tamara gave her an out in the bar to tell the truth. And when she didn't, she doubled down on the lie. That's when they got pissed off. Because that's that's me. It's like, if you lie, okay, cool, whatever. I'll get over it. People fib all the time. 
I've definitely told a little white lie or two. Sometimes you just do it to get by. But when you, when I know that you're lying and I confront you about it because I want the truth, because I do care about it, if you double down on the lie, done. Like that's like, that pisses me off because I've had that happen to me multiple times before and that's a, that's a deal breaker for me. I have a soft spot for the newbie here. See me, I'm a ve- I'm very Shannon because I've been hurt in my own life. <laughs> I have my own trust issues. So <laughs> I get it, Shannon. I get it. You're also a Bedore whore. I am. But I don't, it's not like I don't feel bad for Bronwyn. I do feel bad, but... You know, we're, giving, we're giving her a pass here, right? Yeah, I mean, we eventually... Everyone gives her a pass. But right. But I mean, you as a viewer... Oh, yeah. You're not anti-Bronwyn, right? No, I'm not. I yeah. never would be anti-Bronwyn. She's amazing. Well, you never know. Things can happen. Yeah, right? we're, we're going to have to see. Um, you would have never been anti-Bethany, and then you became anti-Bethany. Now you're pro-Bethany. I'll make that clear. I don't want you to get hate mail. It was one season, Armin. It was one That's my point. Season. That is my point. Uh, but this pushes Bronwyn not to be able to go back in the same car, it looks like, than the other ladies getting back to OC from LA. Because um, we have Tamara, Gina, and uh, Shannon in the car. And Gina starts breaking down and just saying it's like about her divorce. It's about her divorce. And Shannon's kind of like, what is going on? Um, and we'll get more into that later, but right. I thought that was a very telling scene about what's to come between these two because Shannon is someone who did not like Gina at all and is now comforting her in the back of a car yep. because of the situation that Gina's going through. And um, there was a strange move by Emily, too, leaving 10 minutes before they left or like 15 minutes yeah, before she, they left. She had said in the last episode she had to go do something anyways that day. I remember, but I can't remember what it was. She I, was leaving to meet Shane. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That she was. That but he why? Was why be did? Home. Yeah, why did she have to leave fifteen minutes before they did? What's the difference of fifteen minutes? I don't know. Well, they they all were suspicious of it too. I mean, sh- I mean, to get from Beverly Hills to Orange County, like that's a trek. That's like at least a two-hour drive if you are right. But it's fifteen minutes. You were out all day, and you're telling me you can't wait 15 more minutes. You know, sometimes that to 15, go back with everyone that, else. Sometimes that 15 minutes matters on the 405, <laughs> and you know that's true. That is true. Minutes 15 can turn can, into like 30 or 40. Exactly. Yeah. 15 can turn into an hour. Uh, I've I had suspect that, experience before. that wasn't the situation though, and uh, I'm I'm on the skeptical side of things here. Well, let's talk about Shane and Emily. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that are weird here. Yeah, a lot. I don't know what's going on between those two. He just won't speak to her. I wonder if it's a cameras thing. Do you think it's a cameras thing? I think so. Part of me thinks it's a cameras thing because he feels very uncomfortable in front of the camera. Clearly. Um, And I know she said that they've always had communication issues, but this is beyond. Yeah, he's like... I'm just hungry. Watch me eat. Watch, Just watch me eat if you want to be with me. Watch me eat. That's the first... That's the first thing he says when she comes in. He's like, hi, good to see you. He's like, oh, good to see you. Are you ready to clean and cook? Like, and then she goes, are you ready to clean and cook? Like, I don't know. Shane is very rude. Um, he doesn't want to talk about the bar. And right. and Emily's line about how we're two lawyers. We have both taken the bar. What else are we going to talk about? If we can't talk about being attorneys and taking the bar yes. exam, what the hell else can we talk about? If you're not talking about the kids, if you're not talking about things, and he's like, no, I want to know about your day. And she's like, I don't care about my day. I want to know how you're, as a supportive wife, I want to know how the bar studying's going. He's like, right. I don't, I don't want to jinx it. 
if you're worried about jinxing, you're not ready for this test. That's my thing. You can't jinx a test. You, that doesn't work, people. You either study or you don't. And trust me, from someone who never studied, you either study or you don't. So you pass or fail. And to make this relatable, by the way, to all of our listeners and even to you, Eddie, it's like if you were a huge Bravo fan and all you were doing was watching Bravo and you were even going to BravoCon and your partner was also a huge Bravo fan who was incessantly watching Bravo and going to BravoCon and you're like, I want to talk Bravo with you. What? That doesn't make sense. Sometimes I am really short with my mom on the phone when I'm talking to her about Bravo because I talk about Bravo so much that I'm like, You're tired of it. Mom, listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You get my thoughts there. But that's different because you do a podcast on it. Yes, true. In their case, does Shane have a law podcast? Who knows? Maybe that's what he was doing at the hotel. He's been launching his law podcast. Him and his boyfriend just launching their law (laughs) podcast. Lawful Bottoms. Someone cancel me already. <laughs> oh, it's you've been canceled, Eddie. Trust me. The villain of the podcast. Um, but their relationship is so freaking weird. And we get yeah, a, we get a touch get in later where right. she's with the mother-in-law, and the mother-in-law is like, Well, if it's not big, just ignore it. She's like, That's Classic no mom way to and live. law. Yeah, yeah, but it's the mom in law. I don't know. I don't see this relationship continuing. Um after this season, for some weird reason, I feel like... You see a divorce? Impending divorce? I feel like she is realizing she's better than this man. And I think she is. This man is, like Kelly Dodd said, a friggin' dweeb. Like, who is this loser? It's a little low, bitch. It's a low bar to clear. I, he's annoying. He does not have... Ayo. He does not have the, I guess... He can't be bigger than he is. You know what I mean? Like right. He's pretending like he's above Emily when I think Emily is miles above him she is a lawyer a copyright lawyer right she is a party planner she is a real housewives on television she's raising kids she's a freaking powerhouse Ooh, i have a theory do you think he feels inadequate a hundred percent yeah he feels emasculated by her i can I see think it. so <laughs> and honestly get over yourself yeah get over it so your wife is kick ass yeah there be are worse things in this world. Oh, in fact, that's not even a bad thing. You should be proud of your kick-ass wife, Emily. I'd be proud of you, Emily. But sadly, I'd, uh, it's not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> you are close to the oc I actually am pretty close to the OC. Yeah. Like, Emily, get, slide in the DMs. I get Eddie's pe- available. I get some people from Newport and stuff on like my my apps. Like the oh, swipe yeah, your apps? And stuff. You know. <laughs> Swiping right, swiping left. <laughs> You know, I'm checking out the dating scene in OC. Do you swipe to... right more than you swipe left or do you swipe no, left No, I more? swipe left on everyone. <laughs> really? You're picky? Well, I just, yeah. I don't swipe right Are you a looking lot. for a lawyer who also party plans and is a reality TV yeah, star? Yeah, hello. That's the that dream. checks off a lot of boxes That's for you, That's a lot right? of boxes for me right there. Parties, lawyer, Shane reality isn't looking TV. for that, though. Uh, Emily, I'm here. Are you looking for an emasculated man who can't even pass the bar? Yes, that's actually the dream. That's the ultimate goal. <laughs> well, I think he's going to be available very soon. I can only hope. <laughs> I'll be hitting up that hotel ASAP. Let's start that podcast. Uh, let's talk about another relationship really quick before we get into Bronwyn and Dr. Deb. And then finally, all the rest of the stuff with um, Gina and Bronwyn and Shannon and Tamara. All the rest of the stuff we need to get to. But we need to talk about Brian and Kelly. Dr. <laughs> Plastic surgeon Brian, who we know has now broken up with Kelly via Yeah, it's Instagram. hard to watch. Although, they do have 
seem to have good chemistry, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think she has good chemistry with him. I think she actually does really like him. I think he's the one that's sketch. The hmm. fact that we learn he lives and works like basically in La Jolla and is only up two days a week. Right. But he seems to like her and I like how he he was so supportive of her with the whole train situation. Yeah, I mean I mean if if my partner was like, Oh yeah, like I got ran train on that's the rumor, I'd be like, Okay, when? Like, first of all, I don't believe this, but like also Yeah. He didn't believe it. He he didn't interrogate her he's just like you know what that's some bs speak to your daughter about this because she's probably gonna hear about it and forget that because you know it's bs um but it's just hard to watch because they've broken up and she already has a new man yeah and she's like talking about proposal and she's like yeah when i was in the jewelry shop in beverly hills everyone was asking me right when are you gonna be engaged and he's like uh what did you tell them like terrified <laughs> he's like oh, i don't want to i don't want to lose all my money when i have to eventually divorce kelly dodd and they broke up so it's all good it's all good in the hood um let's talk about bronwyn and her mom before we get into bronwyn and the rest ladies because love they, dr deb i mean dr deb is great i followed her entire journey on instagram at burning man she just got back from journey burning man another one of our bravo favorites that also went to burning man Gigi, another friend of mine not that dr dub's a friend but she will be uh <laughs> and they're talking about bronwyn's childhood and bronwyn had kind of brought it up where her mom was in this rock band and she would grow up at whiskey a go-go in the rainbow room you know sitting in the office by the stage but then she starts getting into more about how her mom kind of didn't raise her and how she had to grow up really fast. She tells a story about when she was, how she used to be four. She would take the bus home in Los Angeles with a key around her neck and like go open her door and let herself into the house. And like, she'd be home at four. And Dr. Deb's whole mentality about it is, well, there's worse childhood. Yeah. Hey, she's you're like, okay. there's refugee camps. Yeah. There was a meme on Twitter that I died at and it's like the, it's um from a hangover. He's like, but did you die? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. She's like, it's like Bronwyn's like, oh, like my childhood was so hard. And like Dr. Deb's like, but did you die? No. Like, you're here, aren't you? I do understand where Bronwyn's coming from because she feels Me too. like, yeah. she feels like her mom wasn't a hundred percent focused about her she's felt like her mom was a little bit more focused on herself which i understand because it was her mom was starting to trying to start a career but also if you think about it it seems like she was a single mom she was trying to do what was best for her kid and she was living a very full life you know she had yeah. her artistic pursuits she was also a doctor well she became a doctor after her right artistic pursuits, but that's but what still. i'm saying though and she made that life juggling all that and look at her now i mean i think i think brahma needs to understand the situation a little bit more and understand. And I think Dr. Deb was hundred percent right when she's like, Bronwyn's worried about this like idea of an unconventional family when not every family is mom, dad, 2.5 kids. You see them every time you do everything. Like everyone's situation is different. What's Child- the point five? Like, isn't that like the thing? It's like you have 2.5 kids, a dog. <laughs> oh, so the point five is, like, is a dog. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's okay. like an average, like the average right, right, right. household or whatever. I thought you were trying to portray a typical family. So you have a husband, wife, yeah. two kids, and it was like a point five. What's the point yeah, five? Just the right half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> half not the human. left half. I, that's <laughs> up for adoption. Uh, but I mean, I think Dr. Deb is right where she's like, you feel like this is unconventional because you see what I guess the world puts forth as a conventional family. And since it doesn't match that, you feel like you missed out on something. You feel like you missed out on a childhood. 
Uh, and I think that's a really actually interesting and mature way to think about it because she's 100% right. You don't have mom, dad at home every day with the kids. You know, you know, like dad goes to work, comes home. Like that's not how normal families always are. And I think Bronwyn needs to look at her situation because I mean, Dr. Deb's just looking at the good. She's like, look how self-sufficient you are now. Look how great of a mother you are now. Like there's all these things. And it's, I think it's because she lived the childhood she did that she's a better person. Right. She didn't have the childhood as depicted on Leonardo DiCaprio's growing pains. Exactly. The one she saw on TV. (laughs) She had a childhood. Yeah. Her own. And I think it's, I think her childhood, there's probably a lot of magic that we didn't get to experience because she had this sure. unconventional quote unquote life. And it appears that she had enough support. You know, obviously some people go through a lot of essentially insurmountable adversity through childhood. And it's not to condone all of that, right? Yeah. Not to say that, Oh, come on, just pull yourself up from your bootstraps. What's wrong with you? Everyone goes through a childhood. Um, but it appears that Dr. Deb was still loving and supportive. So was she there all the time? Was she partying? Uh, Sure. But it seems like there was still enough structure in place for her, obviously, to have a very successful life. Yeah. And look at her now. She's killing it. Look at her now. Um, Let's talk about Bronwyn with Shannon and Tamara because before the drama blew up, Bronwyn had invited them to a dance class with her kids' dance instructor who also moved from Miami to OC. I guess it's the big exodus from Miami, you know. Everyone's just coming to Orange County uh, from those Florida oranges to those ones down here in SoCal. It's a very interesting world we're living in. But (laughs) I don't even know where I go with these things sometimes. Don't even know. That's actually a good point, though. I like that. Um, But Bronwyn kind of starts to explain her childhood and how it affects her and how she sometimes acts out and is trying to be a people pleaser. And she doesn't want to have anyone not like her, including her own mom. She said that to her mom. She's like, I don't even think you like me. You know, like I'm nervous. You won't like me. Yeah. She's always worried. People aren't going to like her. She's invested all of herself into her kids. Yes. So as she said, she's trying to make time for Bronwyn. Find out who is Bronwyn. A hundred percent. And Tamara immediately connects with that. She's like, I was the same exact way. I was lashing out. I was quick to anger. You know, I would lie. She had that terrible marriage. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, it wasn't until Shannon reached out to me and I had my first real friend in Shannon that I kind of figured out who I was and started to become a better person. Uh, I think this is fantastic. I love how they connected on this. And Shannon even starts to come around and see where Bronwyn's coming from. Because like we said, Bronwyn wasn't trying to be malicious at all. No. She was just trying to, like she said herself, make sure everyone was happy and that she wasn't ruffling any feathers because as a new girl in this group and a new girl in the new city, it's got to be hard. She thought it was the path of least resistance. It ended up being the path of most resistance. (sighs) Rough. Let's talk about Gina because that's where this episode ends. And this is kind of a big thing. So Gina, as you know, was caught up in a DUI after a party and she's going through the legalities of that. And she was supposed to show up for a court date. She doesn't show up for the court date and a warrant goes out for her arrest. Shannon finds out about this because Shannon had offered Gina legal support from a friend and that friend who Gina never contacted uh, was at the court and heard that Gina was absent, absent, you know, and a warrant was out for her arrest. So Gina's freaking out, but not Gina's fault. 
and then we come to find out it's not Gina's fault. The lawyer had put it for an extension on the date for the arraignment and it was denied. So she still had to go to court. But she didn't know actually, that. Actually, she didn't have to go. She didn't actually. The lawyer had to go. The lawyer had to go. And he didn't go. Yeah. So he basically put her at risk. So she's freaking out. She could have gotten arrested. All this stuff could have happened. And thankfully, Shannon sets Gina up with the lawyer. And she's not going to be arrested. Yeah. But. I wish Gina had just called Shannon's lawyer in the first place. This other lawyer appears incompetent yeah, or at and, least made a massive mistake. Yeah. And that's the thing. And we see the flashback and Shannon's like, have you called my lawyer? Right? And, and Gina's like, I should, you know, I'm not like an expert and I should get another set of eyes to look at this. Cause I don't know what's going on. But I think she was like, my idea is, Hey, I already made a contract with this lawyer. I'm don't have all the money in the world right now. Cause I'm going through divorce. Um, busy I just with a new kids, house, busy with kids. Like I'm just going to deal with the one lawyer and just work through this. Hey, life gets in the way. Hey, and I, I get think it. For the most part, that would have been a fine decision. But for whatever reason, this lawyer should probably called his number off some billboard or like one eight hundred got a DUI. This guy is fumbling his way through court. It's like, dude, pull it together. Yeah, you got to show up. If you can't do it, and at he least was the one who was supposed to show up. I'm not saying Gina has to show up. He he had to show up. Who? What, what kind of lawyer would not check? That their deadline, their deadline to like make sure that like it wasn't denied. That right. sounds like someone who has too many cases, aka a one eight hundred lawyer. Could have been stretched um, thin. Yeah, yeah, and it came back to bite her in the ass. Thankfully, she meets with the other lawyer. Things get handled, and then that leads to Shannon and Gina having a one on one. They start to connect because Shannon's going to buy more stuff for her bedroom. As she, you know, she's decorating. She's her new house. She's moving. She actually just moved on Instagram this weekend um, to a new place. Uh, so she's just trying to, you know, get her life together. Shannon's new world. So she invites Gina to come with her and they start talking and Gina breaks down and admits to Shannon that her husband was cheating on her uh, last year. It started before they even started filming before she was friends with Shannon, Vicky and all them she was going through this with her husband because he was already having an affair and they were trying to work through it. And she tells Shannon that she was jealous of Shannon during this time because Shannon was so open about her divorce and was so open about the way she was feeling and how she was moving from it and, you know, growing. And she didn't have that because she was hiding everything in secret and she wasn't able to let this out and, you know, come to terms with this in a very vocal public way. And it's funny because Shannon says, well, you know, I was very jealous of you at that time because yep. you were like, well, my divorce is so easy. I'm still attracted to my husband. We still love each other. I'm still going to be friends. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to be going through this messy ass shit and having to put it all on display and be able to talk about it. The grass forward. is always greener, right? Sh- Shannon wanted that smooth, e- easy divorce, which wasn't as smooth and easy as it appeared. And Gina wanted to be able to be raw and vulnerable and open about her divorce like Shannon. The grass is truly always greener. I was so shocked by this that like both of them were wanting what the other have. And I feel like this is probably a lot of us in our life. It's like, oh, their life is so great or they're so brave. I wish I could be more like them. And it's like, you never know when the person is looking at the other side of that window going, wow, that Eddie has really got his shit together. Just spoiler alert, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. 
But I really loved that moment. It did. And it Watching really connected them connect. the two. Yeah. yeah. And I really... And it was real. You can tell. I'm telling you, this new Shannon I'm obsessed with. I think she is really the mama bear of the group. We're going to be moving from Man, like, that David did a number on her. Well, it would do a number on anyone. Oh, yeah. I, I feel for her so much. I, I also feel like we're moving from like the, the mad queen of <laughs> Vicky Gunvalson to a change of guard, which is like the humble, like sweet, like, you know, mama bear of Shannon Bedore. I love it. Um, me calling me calling Vicky the mad queen when I've seen like one season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and Shannon herself wasn't always the mama bear. She wasn't. It's this new Shannon. I love, I mean, I've always loved Shannon, but she's so happy. She's so sure of herself and so confident that it's radiating and it's bringing happiness and joy and acceptance to everyone else. Like everyone feels this warmth and is drawn to her, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Confidence and self-assurance is a hell of a drug. Hey, I'm telling you, once I felt actually really confident in myself and I wasn't like faking it, I've had so much more happiness in my life. And it's one of those things where it's like, just accept you for who you are. Understand that you are where you're supposed to be in your life, that life happens and it happens the way it's supposed to. And you move forward. Just be sure of yourself. Be confident. Love yourself. And be a Bador whore. And be a Bador whore. Follow in that lady's footsteps. <laughs> um, I think that's... If for OC this yeah, week. I think we covered it all. Really quick note, though. Uh, we are starting on our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash hot and bravoed. Uh, weekly recaps of season 11 RHOC. So if you love season 11 and uh, you love Orange County, um, come support us on uh, our Patreon. And you get a bunch of other benefits as well. We just finished Vanderpump Rules season 2. So you go and binge listen to that. We've had exclusive interviews with uh, Peter Madrigal and Carl Radke. Uh, we have both of those on our public feed, but we did do additional content with them. That's only on Patreon. Uh, obviously, this week in Bravo, our weekly show, uh, the top two um, in the in the top five rankings of this week in Bravo is only on Patreon. So there's a lot of great exclusive content, and uh, you get all of it for just two dollars a month. That's twenty four dollars a year. That's an unbelievable deal. And like I said, we're starting uh, RHOC season 11. So check us out. And you need to refresh on what season 11 is. It's the season after the Brooks drama, which we did a Housewives history on season 10. And it's the introduction of Kelly Dodd. So if you guys want to it's, see... It kicks off this era. Yeah. If you want to see the beginning of the current era that we're in of OC and kind of see where it all started, listen to that. Watch with us on Hulu. It's tons of fun. And everybody remembers the Brooks season, but season 11 was actually... Equally as wild. Some people think it's better. Well, you'll have to hear what we think. It's really good, though. It's a really good season. season. You have Heather Dubrow. Yes, HD is in the house. Um, But if you don't want to miss any of our current recaps that we're doing of OC, of our Dallas recaps, we're finishing out Potomac. Make sure you guys subscribe to wherever you're listening to, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. And if you guys want to follow us on social, super easy. Search Hot and Bravo on Instagram and Twitter. That's at H-O-T-B-R-A-V-O-D. Arms, how can people find you? At Armin Mahram on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Eddie underscore Strata. We will see you next time.